Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit Get Fit. This week we are joined by Rebecca Slater from Liverpool in what is a one-off special. She joins us to share her story and it's a pretty incredible one if I'm being honest. I've been following her for some time and the stuff she can do is, to put it simply, outrageous. So as the title alludes to, she is indeed the world's strongest disabled woman and she does have some other titles and a few world records as well because you know world's strongest isn't enough but I won't spoil all that. Now, Becca wasn't actually born disabled, and it was just over five years ago that Becca got into a serious car accident, which resulted in numerous injuries. One of these injuries was so bad that it did lead to her having her right arm amputated, which makes everything she does even more incredible. But we don't just focus on her physical injuries, we dive into the psychological impacts it's had as well. And as we do go into, this has actually impacted her more and why she is so passionate about mental health. We then finish with a couple of secret questions that involve a conflict of interest regarding sponsors and picking up big Scottish rocks. Let's get into this week's episode. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. How are you all doing? I am sensational. Hello. Oh, you probably heard a voice there. You heard a third voice there again. We are back. With a, we are we're pulling guests out our asses at the moment, aren't we, Tom? We are guests indeed. Who, who have we got with us? We've got Becca. Welcome. Hi. It's not a chat with PTs like we normally do. When we have a guest on it. It's normally chat with PTs where we talk, you know, about their experience in the industry. This is a one-off special. Okay. So Becca's joined us very kindly to share her story, which we're going to get into. And it's pretty powerful stuff. I've been following her for quite a while now. Um, I thought, you know, what a perfect platform to get the story out there to our lovely audience. But. Of course, before we start, Becca, I'm not sure how much exposure you've had to our podcast, but normally when we do chat with PTs, we establish our guests' top three gym pet peeves. Now, I'm not going to do that exactly because I said this is one of our special, but we do want to know your very top, your most outrageous gym pet peeve. But we are going to rank this with our brand new society scale. Tom, do you want to quickly uh, give us a recap for those who have only just joined us for the first time? Yep, the society. That was good. The society scale is on a scale of one to ten, very similar to RPE, with one being pretty shit and ten being no, that's really shit. Yeah. So ten being the worst and one being the yeah, least worst, so to the speak. Nice society. The good society. And that is that is that is the society scale. The society scale. Talk to us, Becca. What's your what is your top gym pet peeve? People getting in your personal space when you're lifting. Have you got any examples of this? I feel like that you said that in a way of like, this is recent. <laughs> this has happened recently. Is this something that's happened yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. This is fresh. So it's basically, I've noticed that people get in my personal space on my right hand side. Um, so especially if I'm doing pressing. So the example is I was doing dumbbell press, which was the heaviest weight I'd done. So 25 kilo single arm and had my right side attached to a resistance band. And then these young people in the gym um, got very, very, very close to my right-hand side. And I had to make the point of saying if I had a dumbbell in that arm, they wouldn't be that close to me. So why were they now? So like these individuals are very high on the scale. Regardless <laughs> of the pet peeve, the individuals That's themselves. High. That's, That's high. high. What are you thinking, Tom? What are you thinking, mate? Um, oh, solid eight. And it's actually Ooh. kind of making me miss the social distancing rules we used to have at the gym. You know, yeah. going to a gym like kind of just slightly post uh, lockdown, like the first lockdown, was pretty grim because like there were so many rules and there was still social distancing, especially in commercial gyms. You had to keep like two meters away from each other. There was like tape on the floor marking where you can and can't go, 
And uh, at the time, I was like, whoa, this is like living in a society here. It's like, you know, really 1984. <laughs> but in hindsight, I'm starting to miss it. I miss having that space. I mean, last week you established that you don't like anybody in the gym, not even watching from yeah. the windows. So No, I <laughs> don't. I feel like you were loving COVID. You know, someone being in the same postcode as me is too close, to be honest with you. But, you know, that's just me. <laughs> that's just you. Where are you going to rank this then, Tom? Because you gave it a 10. Like, I mean, it was not the exact same gym pet peeve, is it? But it's similar. How, how hard? Oh, no, solid eight. I'm sticking with eight. I'm sticking eight. with eight. And that's just because people exist. That's not even them getting in my way. That's an eight. <laughs> it's two, it's yeah. people. It's eight. Okay, so Tom's ranking people at eight. Brilliant. Uh, that pet peeve for me, Becker, I think that is an eight for me as well. I think solid, solid eight. So it's up there in your space. It's not what you need, is it? Especially when you, it's even dangerous as well. Like if you're throwing around big weight and someone's right in your space, not only is it dangerous for them, but it's like it could be dangerous for you as well because you're going to be conscious of what you're doing and then you might crash into someone else or you might, you know, mess up the rep somehow just because you're thinking of, you know, try not to hit them. And Especially in these CrossFit type places where, you know, oh, you're trying go. to do touch and go deadlifts go. and then someone crawls in front of you and like, don't worry, I'm just doing me bear crawls, you know, <laughs> putting their palms underneath the plates as is the norm in CrossFit. So I've heard. Yeah, Tom. Tom's weekly well, at CrossFit. That's that's the rumours I'm making up anyway. <laughs> yeah, classic. I'm fueling the stigma. Anyway, pretty powerful there, Becca. Pet peeves done. We'll now move on to what you're here for. You're not here to chat shit about gym pet peeves, are you? You're here to uh, to share stories. So, what we'll go into really is that you, you know you've done some pretty incredible things. If people would see online, I'm going to rattle a few off here just to give people some context. You are Britain's disabled strongwoman, 2021. Yep. Arnold Sports Festival UK, 2021. World strong. I'm going to repeat that. It's actually a big, massive title. And world's strongest disabled woman, 2021. And you've also got three world records. Now, before we move on quickly and rattle off some other stuff, let's establish what these are because having one world record is pretty outrageous. Let alone three. So, what are they? What are these three world records? So, I've got two in the Atlas Stones and one in the deadlift. What did you get? What, what were you um, so, the Atlas Stones is basically I got in the same stone run. I got a 50 kilo. Um, single-handed stone and then I got an 85 kilo with a like a harness that we started to use it's for the heavy stones so I got a 50 kilo and an 85 kilo in the same stone one that's a lot of weight then 85 kilos 50 and 85 what about the deadlift what did you get on the deadlift uh, 125 it's more than double what Tom can do yeah that is indeed and that's you know that's with both hands as well at the end of the day but just yeah. to clarify, like uh, at the stones, there is something I'm curious about because I don't know that much stuff about um, strong competitions. Are they just filled with concrete, or is it like chocolate, or like <laughs> like you know sweets, or is it like a pinata? Like what? It's not a pinata, it's, yeah. It's what? concrete. <laughs> it's like a gobstopper where, like, if you keep licking the concrete, it goes like another flavour of concrete. They are solid, or they're supposed to be solid, but you do get some. People- they're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. So some of them are filled with sweets. <laughs> filled with rocks. Filled with rocks. rocks. Not quite filled with rocks. <laughs> have you ever broken one, Becca? Have you ever, I've, I've seen like videos of people breaking Atlas stones. I haven't, but we did have one break at the Arnold's. What was that made of? Was that solid as well? Or was it just where it was massive? And it, 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 wasn't solid? it wasn't a very good one. But it wasn't even when someone was lifting it, though. It was They were dropping it from the platform onto a drop pad, and it split in half. And it's still broken a drop pad. Oh my god! Joe, the funny thing is, I literally just a few hours ago on the social media saw someone's pet peeve was when you drop an atlas stone on solid on like a solid floor. <laughs> so, yeah, quite ironic that I saw that a few hours ago. That's pretty impressive. Free work. God, free. What was the, what were the records before? How much did you beat them by? Was it was it quite a lot? Or? Um. So 
in the Atlas Stones, it was 40 kilos, which I set at the Arnold's. Oh, what, you you set, you, you set one and then beat it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm mental. <laughs> and then I'm not sure what the deadlift one was. It was just, they didn't even tell me that my attempt was a world record oh. until I did it. And then they were like, that's yeah. a new world record. And I just went, what? Like, I've just done it. And they're like, yeah, you can go heavier again if you want. I was like, no, th- <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> that, that'll do, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, just the best in the world. No, no need to get any more than that. I think that'll do it. Yeah, well, it's got to set the bar and then I've got to beat it again. So Yeah, that's true. Do you feel that you might have performed differently if they had told you previously that what you was about to attempt was a world record? Yeah, I would have. Yeah. Maybe so in hindsight, like, it's no, yeah, probably... The opposite. Oh, when I, yeah. When I know it's like a world record attempt, I go the opposite. It makes me really, really nervous. Yeah. I to perform worse than if they didn't tell me. Maybe they knew that. Maybe they, they maybe they were inside people thinking, do not tell Becca this is a world Do not tell her this is a world record attempt. If you tell her, she will not get this lift. Right, nobody speaks to her. Yeah. Actually, do the opposite and say it's lighter than your usual max. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, just watch that placebo effect kick in. Yeah, well, it was actually the heaviest that I'd ever lifted. Like, I'd only lift, lifted 115 before that. Big job. Yeah. And then they were like, Can you- yeah, have you got another attempt? Like, you should do, like... I think one of the lads was like, 135, and I was like, no, that's my last attempt, I'm done. I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. He's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to pull a truck now, I don't want to do any more deadlifts. Oh, God. Yeah, just just your average, yeah, I can't be, I've got to go put a truck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something you don't hear every day. No, of course not, no. That's very impressive. Yeah. I mean, if you're not amazed already, I've got a couple more things to read out here. You're also GB Women's Sitting Volleyball Squad. Mm-hmm. And you've also competed, from what I can see, in various crossfit competitions, which is not an easy thing to do anyway. Yeah. There's a lot of things you've done, Becca, I'm not going to lie. So I think people probably think, by this point, probably really thinking, right, the question is, how do we get there? How do you get to that level of accomplishment? And I like to think, I think, well, I think we should do really is start at the beginning. So my question really is, is were you always fit and into this kind of stuff growing up? I know I did see something about you wanted to join the army at some point, which I think was something we could maybe touch on because that, that's obviously quite physical anyway. But is this something you've always been interested in, sort of sports and fitness? Um, it wasn't um, particular. It was more when I hit sort of 16, 17 um, that I started getting into fitness again. Um, and then when I left university, I started rowing. Um, so when I came back home after university, I started at the local rowing club and then it sort of built from there. When did you want to join the army? When, when was that? Um, I think, I think I've always want, sort of wanted to do it since I was a kid, but the role I wanted oh, wow. to do has changed significantly over the years. Um, but I sort of set my mind to it when I was about 19. See if my research has is, is proved me right here. Was that the uh, medics you wanted to go to, was it? Yeah, I wanted to be a combat medic technician. Would you say that prior, obviously we're going to come on to what, what happened that didn't make that happen, but what, so prior to that, the accident stuff, what were you doing preparation for that? For that, Were you like in full swing? What was your sort of prep looking like for? Um, so I was actually pretty much in the gym two, three times a day, seven days a week. Wow. Um, some form of training. Um, and every day I was at the local um, Army Reserve Centre. So it was 208 Field Hospital in Liverpool. Um, because they basically said you could go anytime you wanted and do fizz, basically. And oh, wow. you had access to whatever, you just gave your name and, and who um, whoever was like your handler um, so that they knew who you were reporting to when you were there. 
and then you could just oh, whenever yeah. you wanted. So I was pretty much there twice a day, <laughs> like working mm. and going before and after work. I mean, reservists um, turning up to do fizz uh, in their own time is usually unheard of, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, straight away. Like my, me just sitting there listening, a bit of a spoiler alert now. It's kind of it kind of gives you an insight to maybe your 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 almost your mental resilience, your dedication to when you put your mind to something. It sounds like you were very focused on that goal and you were putting a lot of work in to get to that goal. And I suppose that just gives us maybe maybe a teaser of, of things to come. You know, maybe how we've got to that point. Maybe how after everything you still managed to smash it because maybe that's just who you are as a person, someone who's very dedicated, maybe very focused on a goal. suppose that moves on to where we kind of why you're on this is kind of the accident now of course you don't have to go too much into it i'm aware this is quite a uh, it's probably not something you like to revisit but the reason we got you on there obviously we said you're the world's strongest disabled woman now you weren't born disabled were you so you kind of got into an accident like talk us through that kind of how long ago because it wasn't that long ago really was it no when you actually look at five it, years you, ago in january five years ago in january so what, what actually happened then um i hit black ice on the motorway so i hit black ice went into the central reservation and then my vehicle rolled do you remember much of it at all? Or? Um, bits of it. I've got flashes of the actual accident and then I can remember everything from when I woke up in my car until I got to the hospital. Um, so I was chatting the rear off the firefighters <laughs> while they were getting me out. Um, but basically it was, I ended up with um, a compound fracture dislocation of my right arm, which damaged the brachial artery. Uh, compound fracture dislocation on my right ankle and I broke my back I remember reading something as well which is quite interesting that you could say it's probably quite lucky maybe you know from people say things happen for a reason did you was it there was some uh, nurses on the on the and then there was some off-duty firefighters yeah, as well yeah. sort of literally next year as it happened yeah so literally the luckiest unlucky person you'll ever meet <laughs> so the car behind me was an off-duty nurse and then behind her were two off-duty firefighters so they sort of um, the lads I've actually met since they basically secured the scene, um, sort of assessed me, directed traffic. So one of them was out in a little high vis vest directing traffic around my car, um, and then the nurse was on the phone to the ambulance getting them to come. Well, I mean that, as you said, luckiest, unluckiest person, I suppose. Because it could, I mean, it could, it could all been very different, couldn't it? Yeah. How have those other injuries been then since then? Um, my ankle's been the issue, so I've had. Okay. I think we're on about 15 procedures now in five years. 15? To, to various things from sort of the, the recent ones are steroid injections because I've got severe osteoarthritis in it. So um, when my symptoms flare up, so it's basically every three months I get really bad. I can't walk. Like I can't wait bare through my right leg at all. Hmm. But... The others have sort of been fine. <laughs> it's it's really weird that like the major ones have settled pretty nicely. Um, mm. Yeah. But yeah. In regards to when there's periods where you can't walk, etc., are you still able to like do you pause training completely, or do you adapt to that and change your training where it becomes like upper body movements, etc.? Or yeah, so we adapt my training so it ends up very a lot of it is seated. Um, yeah. Or we do a lot of, rather than free weights where I have to stand or balance, we do a lot of machine work. So I can position you know, like the pads on, say it's uh, like a leg day or whatever. Yeah. You can position the pads so it's away from my ankle. 
So you're still mimicking yeah. like the movements that you need and building the strength without putting the pressure through it. So it's good that you can kind of adapt to that in regards to training, etc. From where I have worked in like a uh, general population gyms over the years, like uh, it is quite common for us to you know get this uh, members with disabilities coming in and out of the gym. Um, and I think there is still that barrier of uh, barrier to exercise where people with certain disabilities feel that they 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 can't train at all because they're disability. But it's actually no, you can. It's just we've got to find ways to kind of find an entry point into that. So for people who may be like wheelchair bound, etc., you still can you know go into like a rowing machine. Yeah if it's got like the capabilities where you've got like a, a backseat attachment to it, you know, you can kind of go onto machines that have like backrests, etc. So no, it is cool that you're able to adapt to that. Did you say you had a lot of support as well? So when you were in hospital, I mean, how long were you in hospital for? Was it quite a while? I think it was about six weeks initially. So so what point did you kind of like decide yourself, you like think this is not going to stop me? You know, I've been through obviously hell. When did you think, I mean, was, was there people there maybe around you egging you on to do more or did you just have a moment in yourself you thought, you know what? I can't do some things perhaps I wanted to do, but I'm going to do something else now. And I'm going to use that dedication I showed earlier, get, trying to get into the army. I'm going to do it on something else. And obviously, as we alluded to at the start, free world record. So, <laughs> no, no biggie. <laughs> um, that wasn't until about the November of 2017. Um, so I sort of made the decision in hospital that I had to live my life however that was going to be. So it's they say when you go through a trauma, you have two options. You either embrace it and live your life or you don't, you you sort of um, reclude from life. And I only ever had like the one option in my head was I had to live it however that was going to be. But I did feel like I lost all my purpose and my identity, what I wanted to do. Um, but... Through my prosthetic centre, I actually got put in contact with um, a guy called Jacko, who is a former para, who was going to the Invictus Games. And so I ended up going to the Invictus Games in Canada in 2017 for a bit of a, a kick up the arse. You know, yeah, sure. what, what can I do? You know, not the... Because I thought, like, I couldn't row because my leg was still healing and then I was like what can I do so we went out and like I ended up meeting loads of people that are now really good friends like five years later we're really good friends yeah and they sort of introduced me to different people and were like you just keep trying a sport until you find what fits for you you know you will find something that you're like this this is what I am meant to do now you've done quite a few though I mean <laughs> have you found your sport yet because you've got about four or five down on the list here of different sports I feel like you're quite versatile yeah <laughs> What would you say is your favourite, though, out of all of the, the stuff you've been doing? What, what do you enjoy the most? Strongman. Strongman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would guess that. Bear in mind, you're the world's strongest. I mean, that. What's your <laughs> What's your favourite event for strong? Yeah. Um, it's either stones or a truck pull. Yeah. But it's... And what's your What's your worst? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, overhead pressing. Um, cool. When everyone else does log, we usually do a barbell. Yeah, but I have a massive mental block of pressing over a certain weight, so I can clean. Like I think, like my clean is up to sixty kilos now with one arm, but I can't press over thirty-seven and a half. I'm just stuck. I can't press. I don't trust myself. See, I know, I know the problem is, Rebecca. I think I've, I found the solution. It goes back to your pet peeve at the start. You are terrified that those two lads are going to come into the, come into your space, into your I personal space, by and put a log or a barbell. Yeah. 
You're worried they're going to get hurt on you. That's you're just thinking of them thinking they're going to come into my space out of nowhere. They're going to get hit by my barbell and it's game over for them. That, that's, I mean, that's wait, in all my pressing videos, prepping for like worlds and everything, there's people literally walking behind me. And I, I go to them as like, don't walk, I said, because I'm pressing with one arm. The bar yeah. doesn't stay straight, it spins. Like, it, yeah. it rotates. And I was like, mm. it will hit you in the head, and I'm not stopping it. So please yeah. just don't walk <laughs> anywhere near me. I mean, once again, like going back to something you said earlier, maybe. Uh... Maybe the, the, the trick is for them just to not to tell you what load is on the bar when you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. And then just hope for the best. And before you know it, it's like, oh, new world record, cracking. Yeah. Happy days. <laughs> would you be open to blindfolded shoulder press? Yeah. <laughs> Becca, maybe maybe that would have no idea what's going on. There's, you don't know the plates are, you've got no idea. There's people coming into your personal space. Just clean it up, push it above your head, we'll see what happens. I'm sure that could be a real sport if we tried. Like, reckon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one thing I've got to ask is like, do you feel this is something you would have ever have discovered or got into if you had not had the accident? Or do you think in a weird way the accident is actually what has kind of led to this fate or where you have become like strong women, etc.? I I wouldn't have found it. Um, yeah. I can guarantee that I wouldn't have done half of the things that I've done without my accident. Um, yeah. But it's, it's one of those things that you're sort of grateful for it in a way because... Yeah. has opened these opportunities up that never would have happened otherwise it's yeah. a weird one isn't it like I say I say this quite a lot I'm fully aware of it like everything happens for a reason I know it's like a not yeah. nice thing to have happened it's not it's no, you never wish this to happen on anybody but when you said you sit and you sit back and look at the things you've achieved because of it it's almost like this is part of the plan yeah it's not and you know yeah. it wasn't nice at the time but now if we, you know, when you look at it you know when you you, you know you grow old you're going to look back and be like wow look at the stuff yeah. I accomplished um, and it all happened at that one moment yeah. all those years like, ago Life finds a way, as they quote in Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why yeah. to bring that reference in? Bill's very spiritual, and I come up yeah. with what a quote from Jurassic Park. Yeah, a quote yeah. From Jurassic Park. Life yeah. finds a way. Life, it's true. Find, life does find, find a way. And the, the thing is, um, one particular reason why I kind of like stories like this is that it does show human resiliency and our ability to adapt. Um, I mean. I was having a conversation with someone at Jimmy the other day and it's um, what really upsets me is when people create fear-mongering behind exercise and movement, uh, particularly behind oh, like, oh, muscle imbalances. You're, you're, you've got some imbalances here. You know, you've got one arm stronger than the other, so you shouldn't be lifting, etc. But it's like when we look at Paralympians, etc., and other disabled athletes where, well, one has one limb missing you know or there might be a deformity on one limb etc it's like these people are like clean and pressing or deadlifting quadruple what i could ever you know hope to lift as a, as a fully able person but you've still got people out there saying that you know oh, muscle imbalances etc or limb imbalances or being unsymmetrical means you shouldn't be lifting or performing exercises Meanwhile, we've got, yeah, Becca Slater, strong woman, just like <laughs> yeah, picking up at the stones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to me, that's why I kind of like stories like this. It shows how we can adapt as humans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it requires a choice, doesn't it? Um, we'll come on to what, like, more of the mental resiliency stuff uh, later in the episode. But I think, as we alluded to at the start, you said, didn't you, there's two choices. And it does come down to a choice, isn't it? Yeah. When these things happen, you make that choice. Um, and if you are, you know, dedicated to it, then yeah, you can do what you've done better and have all these titles, which I'm not going to read off again because the episode will be on. We'll be here all night otherwise if we keep reading these titles off. <laughs> um, what I do want to talk about, Becca, though, I want to talk about your, your training. So 
you've obviously got to, you've got to train hard to get to the level of being the world's strongest uh, disabled woman. So, what does a typical training day and week look like? Is it you know is it talk through it? <laughs> um, off season is six days a week. Oh my god, off season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. So it doesn't really stop. Um, so usually it's like a body, you know, like body part split. You know, like your normal splits, but six days a week. Yeah. Um, and then I'll do. I usually throw in my own little fun sessions where I'll go in. So that's just normal S and C, and then I'll go to the strongman gym and do whatever I feel like on the day. So that's usually about three times a week. And then when it comes to comp season, so like next week my comp prep starts. It's basically ends up two sessions a day, six days a week. Oh my god, <laughs> lots! You must be eating uh, an enormous amount of food, Becca. Like to fuel all we're this. We're trying to increase it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Wow. God. This is the great thing is I always say to people like if you train loads, the benefits are you can just eat whatever you want. Yeah. You, you can literally smash. You want a Domino's? You can have a Domino's. You know, if you want to have like you know fries, you can have whatever you want basically, and you'd be all right. What's top? Three thousand calories oh my of potpourri. <laughs> What? <laughs> why, have you, why have you bought a po? You just wanted to shove your potpourri, didn't you? I, I did. I'm showing off the things in my new office. And the things, that's actually the previous tenants. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you're aware, Becca, Tom, Tom is very excited about his new office. He's been all over Instagram. He's got a new little new little location. He was recording his kitchen up until now. Um, and now yeah, exactly. Oh, and I've got these, I don't know if you can see the background, but I've got flashing lights as well. Oh, uh, how do I turn these off? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, thank God for that. I thought I got it stuck then. <laughs> Have it stuck on a strobe all night. Oh God! Anyway, back back to the conversation. About to- yeah, this is this is this is typical Tom, by the way, Becca. You know, derail. We can have the Queen of England Sorry. on, uh, and he'd still derail the podcast uh, to to levels of chaos. Yeah. But um, so you said you start next week. So what? So you say you start your training next week for competition time. What are we talking for? What's the next competition? When's the next? When is the next one? Um, three weeks is my first one of the season um but that's more of a friendly for me um so that's liverpool's strongest so it's an able-bodied strongman competition that i've entered what you've entered you've sorry you've entered an able-bodied strongman. yeah oh wow yeah. that'd be cool um How that'd you, be super cool yeah i reckon you win no the girls but there's certain events that i'm not confident about well okay. just purposely don't find out what you're about to lift. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, 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 yeah, don't tell them. And yeah. now you've got a game plan. Yeah, it's, <laughs> some of them are really good prep for. So I've got basically one a month until September now. So like the next one after that is Worlds in June. So there's some yeah. similar events that I'm doing at Liverpool's that will be in Worlds. So it's an uh, transfer over. So I'm technically using it as an event session. So I'll go with a with my goal of hitting certain reps or a weight and then leave it at that not kill myself in a comp <laughs> that's actually a, a bit of a, a, a mad low-key flex there that actually you're saying no i'm just entering that able body uh, <laughs> competition as a warm-up there's a warm-up yeah. like yeah <laughs> that is a mega that's a chad move <laughs> <laughs> So 
So I think we've established you, uh, you've done some pretty incredible things, Becca, and you are still doing incredible things in terms of entering able body competitions as a warm-up. Um, I suppose this all kind of ties into this mental resilience stuff that we kind of alluded to earlier. Now, I can mm. see you're quite passionate about it. If someone was to look at your Instagram now, which we'll have links down in the show notes, people want to sort of follow you in this journey. You're quite open with it, aren't you? Um, and you're quite passionate about the topic. I think you, you, you've done your mental, fir- uh, mental health first aid. Is that something yeah. you, you've been into? Yeah. So I kind of think we should like go into that maybe a little bit more. What's been your experience? Because I can imagine people will always look at these injuries and look at you maybe disability and think, oh, it's a physical burden. But I can probably take a guess at the mental side of it as being just as bad, if not worse, because that's something that could save you for a long time. Can't it? You can get over maybe the physical stuff, you can adapt to it, win world records, but perhaps the mental side is a bit more challenging. Yeah, it was, um, it's been more tough, the mental side of it, than um, the physical in the sense that I literally thought I was going insane. <laughs> And it was only like my be- my best mate um, is a veteran, and he basically went back. You've got textbook PTSD, but I literally thought I was going insane because no one told me that you know, you'd get flashbacks, you wouldn't sleep. Um, like I was trying to, I went back to work and I wasn't sleeping, and I was being, I was doing my training for my job, so I was working in the NHS five days a week training and I w- wouldn't sleep for three four days at a time and he was like you need to like sort this shit out you know this is textbook PTSD go see someone and it took me literally about two years to actually go to the doctor because I thought I just wasn't coping you know that I thought it was something about me and um I went to, <laughs> went to our doctor and um they literally went to me about fucking time that you came in like we've had the whole family have come in to see me and you've not like you're two years into this and he's like right I'm gonna read this list tell me yes or no and he's like right I've got a list of 30 things there's only one thing you didn't answer yes to yeah we can sort that out like you know it's not you it's a completely natural response to what you've been through and then I found since then it is still a very much a taboo topic of mental health. And then the more we talk about it, the less taboo it becomes and the more normalised for anyone who goes through a trauma, not just because it is associated with the forces. So I literally thought I've not been through a trauma that my mates have been through. It's not the same, but like the root of it is, it's still a trauma that pretty much most people will go through something at some time which will affect them and i think mm. as well like trauma it's quite subjective isn't it like i think you kind of highlight something crucially that you thought oh this this is not and this is not enough what i've been through is not as bad as someone else so this is you know it can't be mental health it can't be ptsd and i think as i just said that it's subjective trauma for everyone can be completely different um, for some 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 it could, for someone it could be a minor thing but for someone else that could be catastrophic for their for their mental health so exactly that trauma is subjective to the person and their, ex- and their experiences of it at the end of the day you know you don't have to have you ain't got to be as worse off as this person who may have you know lost a you know a, a mate or lost a, a limb in warfare as opposed to something that's currently happened to you you know it's like it's no like oh well I'm, it's not as bad as them so I can't have PTSD mm. it's not the case it's a completely subjective experience how would you say you're coping now then if you don't mind me asking how, how would you say like in your um, generally really good <laughs> but, like, good. at the moment <laughs> um, <laughs> at the moment yeah. 
Well, right at this moment right now talk to us oh god hopefully not oh dear <laughs> it was last week but it sort of has a bit of a lasting effect there was a fluke incident in work that so we have basically we deliver um you know, like boxes of drips to the wards like yeah. the yeah. um like they have you know, like trolley dolly things that you wheel that the yeah. ward someone over pumped the tire and it was left by itself and it exploded the tire popped but it was like behind me and no one could tell me what the noise was and it mimicked you know like the uh, yeah and i just went i'm not okay i need to go home now like and sort of then i'm coming out of it but it just knocks you for six for a bit just one day at a time becca Mm. one day at a time because I've been following you for quite a while, and I've seen you, you've been. I said you've been quite open with it, so I've seen you, you've, you've been progressing quite well in terms of like the mental health stuff. Well, you got any advice maybe to anyone, anyone maybe someone knows someone who's been through trauma, anyone who potentially has been through trauma about dealing with mental health? Because I feel like it's a stuff that, as I said at the start, people look at the physical stuff of it of a trauma, but they never really think about the mental stuff, which can be more long lasting and even more damaging. Even for you, in your case, you said it was worse. I mean, what advice would you have? Would you say um, that it's sort of it's not just you. Because you very much feel like you're the only one going through that. But you, it's guaranteed you're not. You know, there will be people who are going through very similar or the same thing as you are. And there are like resources and charities that can help. And it's, it is really difficult, but it's even just trying to open up to a friend or someone you don't know. So it's like I think the first person I told I wasn't okay was some randomer in work like on one of the wards I went you're not your usual self today are you and I went I'm not okay like and it's okay to say that it's that stigma isn't it you you mentioned earlier yeah. I think I think we're going better though like if you, there's such a drive at the moment I've noticed um over like various platforms social uh, social media even like the high levels of government and stuff they're trying to push more in, mm-hmm. into it so I think it's good do you know what um I want to go ahead and say like I think people are getting more better in relation to destigmatizing mm. mental health mm. but i think it's it's it could be a difficult situation because there are certain workplaces there are certain workplaces that you know put an emphasis on mental health etc but realistically it's one of those things where at the end of the day you know full well that if you actually bring your mental health to you know to light and be open with it Actually, your job can penalise you, even if they don't want to see it as being penalised for you know your your current uh, mental health situation. And um, I've, I mean, I I got my discharge papers from the army about two weeks ago now, so I feel open enough to say that I I personally believe that with the army, even though you do place a big uh, deal on mental health in the media, they generally don't give a mm-hmm. fuck. And I can openly say that because let's be honest, there's a lot of lads that there that are suffering in the armed forces, but they feel they can't come forward because once they do come come forward, they get penalised yeah. for it. They can't be deployed. They get stigmatised from their mates. You know, the army almost wants to kind of just brush it under the carpet. So I think in regards to people coming together, it's better, and particularly in a fitness yeah. setting. So I find like CrossFit or or strong gyms, etc. It's like a fucking band of brothers. And let's be honest, there's plenty of us out there that pick up heavy fins and put it back down again just to make the sad voices in the head go away. And that's pretty. That is fucking cool when it comes to fitness. 
like a band of brothers and sisters. But when it comes to certain jobs, I do believe that this uh, a big post of mental health in the, in like a staff room or in a barracks, etc., is just to cover the paperwork of yet yeah, we're doing our part. That's it. Yeah, ticking the box, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I've gone a bit of a tangent there, but that's I feel like I can be one hundred percent honest when it comes to particularly the armed yeah. forces now. I think it's true. I think there's loads of stuff like I can, you know, there's loads of other topics as well I can talk about. There's companies now they're seeing these these buzzwords and they're just using yeah. it to like make themselves look better. Yeah. I have clients whose role in their jobs have been downgraded simply because they've come forward and said, "Look, I'm currently having anxiety, or you know, I, I'm, my mental health's not in the best place at the moment. You know, I'm suffering." And instead of actually helping them, they've just downgraded them. Mm and ostracize them from their colleagues it goes back to something i said earlier about you know the subjectiveness of it all like yeah if you were to, if you were to go to an employer and you say what's triggered you or what's giving you this anxiety if they're an arsehole they might not look at it from yeah. they might go is that it is that all it is oh that's not bad but it's like well no because it's subjective how something affects you is how it affects you no one can tell you otherwise yeah. you know what <laughs> everything's gonna affect you differently mate. but you are you do get these people in certain industries who are and maybe in the army it's more more of an alpha male culture perhaps i don't know but you get people with certain with certain mindsets where you approach them. They say, "Oh, yeah, my daughter's always up for a chat. My daughter's over for a chat. You go and have a chat." Next thing you know, yeah, great. You've been penalised. Brilliant. Maybe not. Maybe not consciously penalised or like directly penalised, but indirectly, like you said, Tom. Yeah. If you don't get deployed in the army, for example, yeah, they can't deploy you. Yeah. But that is indirectly affecting you. It's going to make you probably worse. People are going to look at you differently. And particularly in the armed forces, that's why I think a lot of blokes uh, and and, uh, and females as well don't want to come forward because it's like it's just not worth the fucking hassle mm. that's how i think they might feel but it's one of those things where no you have every right to fucking come forward and actually even if the people above you don't give a fuck i guarantee you your, your fucking brothers and your sisters will so yeah come forward becca you who would you say was there anyone you turn to like an organization or is there anyone you'd recommend like any, there's anything out there you'd recommend as a really good place to go to for anyone maybe potentially listening who's who's maybe going through something that we spoke about, but they've been afraid to reach out. Is there anyone um, you recommend? I think for general mental health, mind have been very good. I've heard that, yeah. Because it's the resources that they offer, they're quite simple. So that quite often if you go, you if you say in work, I'm struggling with my mental health, they refer you to Oki Health, then you have to talk to a psychologist. And it's like, you're firing information at me, which is like up here. And I need you to give me simple, easy, digestible information of how I can sort of work through this. Yeah, things you can take away. The mind have yeah. been very good. And then there's a... Most organisations now as well have mental health first aiders who can signpost you as well to you know, um, resources to helplines or anything that you may need. And then there's... A couple of specific organisations that have started coming out the woodworks, so you know, dependent on the specific situation you're in. So it's like I've recent, in the past couple of years, I've started working with an amputee specific charity. So they've sort of, amputees from every walk of life, you know, however they've acquired a missing limb, you can talk freely and they have they've done like low level mental health awareness courses that you can go on yourself to sort of understand some of the things that go on. Then it sort of gives you your own resources um, and there's loads of courses like that and a lot of community 
programs are coming out as well. There's a lot. There's a lot of resources out there. I think people. Just need, I want to go back to a point you made right at the start when we started this mental health segment. Is that um, yeah. you're not alone, and that people always. I don't know what it is, but we always think that whatever we're experiencing, we're the only person in the world is experiencing it. When in reality, most stuff that people go through as a, as a society, jokes aside, is that we are pretty much all similar. We all pretty much go through the same stuff in some way or another. It might be like the exact same. But there's always going to be a lot of similarities to what we go through, particularly in the past two years. Where you know oh, a yeah, lot of yeah. us have went through a very fucking traumatic period uh, during COVID, you know, where we was isolated from each other. Yeah. So to move on now, Becca, to we're coming towards the end now. I want to bring it back. I want to bring it back to all the lifting stuff, all the cool stuff of you lifting massive weights, uh, winning medals, popping trophies, popping champagne, maybe. Who knows? I'm not sure how it goes. But what what's next for you? What is next for Becca Slater? Well, you've already alluded to actually saying you've got a competition pretty much every month, but. We look, we look, if we look on the grand stage, what, what have we got coming up? Hopefully by the end of the year, I want to get a 100 kilo atlas stone. Um, that's my plan for the last competition of the year is to get the 100 kilo. But that, that's my only big competition goal, really. Um, in volleyball, we've got a couple of tournaments that are going to prep us for um, going for the Paralympics. So that's going to be an intense year. <laughs> are you looking to retain a few titles, maybe? Yeah. That's but, uh, the plan. I retain yeah. everything, set some new records and make it yeah. hard for the people coming up to beat. I reckon you need to go with the blindfold. That's my <laughs> that's my advice. My professional advice, Becca, is attack every workout with a blindfold <laughs> and see what happens. See, and then if yeah. you do get a world record, you could put underneath the world record or say Becca Slayer and you could put PS, slight input from Bill. Yeah. Of the chat you get for the podcast. <laughs> Usually, like in regards to public speaking, it's oh, imagine them all in their underwear. But in this case, it's imagine yeah. yourself with a blindfold. Yeah, yeah. Just just an empty barbell. It's just an empty barbell. Yeah, just an empty barbell. It's a yeah, PVC no idea, pipe. It. It's a PVC atlas stone. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh god. Hundred kilo atlas stone. I mean that. Just, like doing that with two hands, like two arms, is difficult yeah. enough, isn't it? Like, fuck. To- imagine dropping that on your toe. <laughs> Why? and i bet it's a real danger as yeah, well you know for strong so yeah god help us so you mentioned two things there about the stone you said you've got one where you do it with literally just the, the one arm and you said there's another one where you've got like an assistant thing what's the assistance what's so, the... um it's uh we call it a stone it's, it's like a stone sling so it looks a bit like um a mix between like a cargo net and you know there's little silly kids netted ladders that you climb up but it we attach it so we have a deadlift harness that we got from a company in the states which goes around your chest and over your shoulder so it means you can have a second point of contact to the bar so we put carabiners on the front and on the the attachment at the back and then attach it to like this net so it basically acts like a second arm so it wraps around the stone and you hold it but um we were, we were laughing in training the other day that i've been attempting to do the 70 kilo stone with one arm and the lads were telling me that the male world record is currently only 90 oh so you're like oh hello <laughs> 20 kilo increase <laughs> i was talking with one of the lads that I compete with and he was like you're not actually that far off the lads are you i was like maybe maybe we can go for that one as well yeah Something in the pipeline. I'll tell you what, if you manage to bang that out, that would be impressive, wouldn't it? Because we've had someone on the podcast before, uh, Becca, a lady called Clean, one of our patrons. She broke 
a skier world record. Yeah. Uh, she beat she beat the male record as well for times. So if you beat the male record as well, that means we've then got two women who have beaten <laughs> men mm. in world records, which is it's a pretty big feat. I'm not gonna lie, I don't think there's any podcasts out there who'd be able to say that. It's a feat so, for yeah. us, yeah. Yeah, it's a feat, yeah, exactly. Yeah, get that, we'll get that on a trophy. <laughs> yeah, but we're two two overall world records, regardless of gender. They've smashed it. Yeah, I'll get that. Wow, I hope that goes well. I'm looking forward to that. They they televise. Disabled Some of them, they do. They have like live streams going, but we're trying to get it more out there because it was only on YouTube and half of like words last year, half of the video cut out. So like my Atlas don't no one got oh. to see because there was no live stream. Oh my God. That's, that's the moment where you say, actually, it was 90 kilos. Yeah. It just wasn't televised. <laughs> <laughs> Use it to your advantage. It's quite strange, isn't it? How like, even if you look at things like the Paralympics and stuff, how... You could argue it's actually more impressive, mm. like because even with disabilities, they're still excelling in a thing. But then it just doesn't seem to get the same coverage, yeah. does it? Maybe that is just a case of yeah. I'm not going to say it, but you know, I think we all know what I'm going to say. But maybe maybe it is a case of, a case of the obvious, isn't it? That maybe that's why it's happening. But I don't know. But hopefully, it is televised because I always find strongman coverage is really yeah. good. Yeah. Like when you watch the when you actually watch the the on the like TV stuff, watch. That, yeah, they are fun. They're, it's mental, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's like the super heavyweights, where it's like these guys have literally just come out of a greasy spoon, <laughs> dominated full yeah. English, and now they're like pulling a yeah. Boeing seven four seven. I don't know. Seven four seven. Next event, pull a plane. Becca, we are going to finish this podcast with a segment, which once again is normally reserved for our chat and PTs, but I thought I'd to bring it up. Uh, it's called Secret Questions. And the question I've got for you is I want to talk a little bit about your sponsors, Becca. Because um, we've got a bone to pick with you. So you've got some sponsors. Mm. How, how many sponsors are we talking? You've got a few, haven't you? How, what are we talking? Two, three. Two, three, okay. G- give us some names. Combat Fuel. Yep. And Spartan Atlas Stones. Okay. you got dis- you got some discount codes as well, haven't you? Yeah. Who have got discount codes with? Combat Fuel and Spartan. No one else? No. Oh, Cannonball Coffee. Oh, there it is. There it is. Oh, there, there it is. Now, there it is. There's, there it is. I feel like you're a rogue agent. <laughs> rogue agent coming on our podcast. So I was going to say to you, you can, you know, you can spread your sponsors. You can let everyone know you, you know, who, who you're sponsored by. You got any discount codes? You can use your code and stuff. But then I saw Cannibal Coffee because uh, we actually have one for Cannibal Coffee as well, yeah. Becca. And I feel like this is a conflict of interest. So, um, so yeah, who, whose code do we give out here? Whose code do we give? <laughs> whose code do we give out? Because I was thinking, oh, it's only fair that you know she can talk about our sponsors and stuff. But whose code do we give out? That is a question. To be fair, everyone that I've ever got onto Cannibal Coffee, they've always said to me, "Oh, I forgot to use your discount code," and they pay yeah. full price anyway. <laughs> So it's Outrageous. like fucking hell, you know. I'm funding Duncan's villa in Magaluf, yeah. or I don't know, a Magaluf villa. <laughs> yeah, there's a few people. I, I, when people do use it, they do normally tend to tell us as well. Like they'll send us a message, saying, "Oh, I've got some coffee. Use the code." Like, they cheers, tell cheers, me, people. "Oh shit, I forgot the code." Yeah, yeah, or forgot the code. Yeah. <laughs> jokes, jokes aside, though, uh, Becca, who, who are them sponsoring in Combat Fuel? They're, they're actually quite. That's a really good sponsor, actually, isn't it? Combat yes, Fuel. Yes, I'm a Combat Fuel athlete. You probably are the I most mean, decorated athlete they've got. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the world record holder. They've got, have they? Yeah. Yeah, but have they only got one though? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, it's so, just yeah. a one. Yeah, it's just a um, one. Isn't it? Yeah, rookie numbers. I, yeah. I, I did have a secret question. It kind of goes in oh, wow. line with what we was talking about with like strong competitions and pulling and picking up weird things. Um, I've always been f- fascinated with strong competitions because of 
the Ocom odd lifts yeah. where like you, you pick up things that are just well it's just odd to pick up. Like an at the stone is quite odd. It's a big sphere. You know, pulling things, um I mean there's people that pick up the the, the dinny stones, like the big what Scottish stones, stones etc. Uh dinny stones. They are ancient stones, Bill, that people ancient. will travel to Scotland for yeah. just to pick up. What do they look like? They're like natural. Do, well, believe it or not, Bill, they look like stones. Oh, natural. Oh, cheers for that, Tom. Yeah, thanks, mate. I gathered that. They're like fucking hula hoops. What do you think they look like? Hula hoops. Stones. Like. They're natural, natural rocks, like boulders. Oh, okay. But they're an odd shape. Um, one bigger than the other, and they've got metal handles in them. Mm, like old school iron hoops, so they're really odd to like carry. Oh, God, uh, really cool it. thing to see, and actually, it has been female athletes that have picked them up. Yep. Um, I, f- I forgot her oh, name. Brandon. She's uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome to see her picked up. But what I ask you, Becca, is has there ever been s- something odd that you've really wanted to kind of lift, but you haven't done it yet? Um, I think there's a few. I think. The, the one that's in my head at the moment is um, the car deadlift. Car deadlift. Oh, car deadlift. Yeah, nice. because every, every time I go and train um, with the lads in Wales, it's like, right, bet put your car on the on the car deadlift frame. And I just want to be able to say, I can pick my own car up. If you've ever got like a flat tyre or anything like that, that's what we call mm. functional training. Yeah, well, that's what when we, um, when we came back from Worlds, Whereas my mates literally text me saying, we've just seen you pull a truck. So it was supposed to be an arm over arm pull. But obviously, the single arm athletes just have to use one arm. Yeah. So it's like a three-ton car that we had to pull with one arm. And they went, right, we're putting um, a rope and a harness in the boot. Like, if we ever get stuck anywhere, you're pulling us. I was like, right, that's fine. Yeah, cool. Training anywhere. Yeah. That's fine with that. I mean, do you imagine that for a flat? On let's just say you're like let's say on the road somewhere, you've broken down, you get out of the car. There'll be people looking, thinking, "Ah, oh, what, what's, yeah. what's she doing there? What's she doing?" Because they'll be looking at you, thinking, "Ah, oh, what's she up to?" And then you get out of the thing, you pull it on the back of the car, you start putting. People are thinking, "What the fuck That's is going on there?" Though, I, I've ordered a twin <laughs> harness so that I can pull my car around our local park for worlds. Oh, let's so just cool say you know someone's having a case of road rage with you, so you just get out of the car, <laughs> walk around to the back of your car. Make eye contact as you give it a one arm deadlift and just get back in yeah. your car, and that's just like, yeah, no one's going to fuck you after that. <laughs> yeah, God, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be really cool to see. So, if you're not already, because I'm, I'm, I'm imagining people have halfway through this episode, they've, they've, they've stopped and they've got to follow you on Instagram. If they're not followed you on Instagram yet, I'll uh, leave your details down below. But what is your Instagram for people who want to? Um, Becca underscore Slater95. Yeah, 95. It's a year of a year of champions, <laughs> I'd say. I tell you, if you can deadlift your car, you might get a discount code for I don't know Skoda or something, or yeah, <laughs> Volvo. Or, That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. That'd be a very good marketing campaign, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Use my discount code. <laughs> you can now park them one-handed. <laughs> yeah. You can literally pick it up and wheel it in. Yeah. Struggle to parallel park? Well, there you go. We've got Becky yeah. there, and yeah, pick it up in. <laughs> To be fair, that's how smart cars just get parked, you know. People just roll them in, literally. Well, thanks for joining us, Becca. That's supposed to be really good hearing your story. I'm sure some people are going to be listening thinking they need to get a grip of themselves. uh, (laughs) Yeah. If she's doing that, then I need to be doing that as well. Literally, I feel like I should go and deadlift my car now just to see what happens and 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 then drop it and watch the suspension just collapse and have to explain that to my missus the next day. (laughs) Yeah, good luck for the stuff that's coming up. I hope 
you uh, retain all your titles. I'm sure you will. You. I'll be looking out closely for the, the televised event. If I don't don't see a blindfold, I'm going to be devastated. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't take my professional advice on board because yeah. I thought that was going to be crucial for those uh, for those PBs. <laughs> but um, yeah, because see see what we get up to. Thank you. Um, and I'm sure it'll be all over social media as well. Um, so yeah. Oh, that was an absolute pleasure, Becca. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Pleasure as always, guys. Uh, and we'll speak to you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Bye. As always, thanks for listening. If you're new around here and you enjoyed the episode, I think you'd love to explore our back catalogue where we have more incredible guest specials, seasons on various topics, including diets, recovery methods, fitness myths, supplementation, and more recently, a season we've called Is It Bad For You? So hit that subscribe slash follow button and join us every week for more chaotically magnificent education and stories. We will see you next week, same time, same place for a brand new episode. See you soon.